when you said, I don't want anybody's yeah. help. Part of it, I think, too, is there is this thing within security mm-hmm. where if you're not believing in yourself and you have some of that in you, and I think we all do, mm-hmm. you just feel so determined to self-motivate right. that you feel like if I get any help, I'm cheating. Yes. And then I'm also playing into that negative thing that I think about myself. So I'm going to make sure that I don't do that right. and maybe to your detriment. And that's probably what I did because I really do think sometimes I would probably think I was cheating and I probably wouldn't have admitted that then. But now I would say that's probably one of the things. Oh, good job, Brian. <laughs> Now when you see how cutthroat this industry is, you're like, how can I cheat next? (laughs) Who can I screw? Whose back can I stand? Could it be that time again for Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian, episode 104? Courtney Kelly, a longtime mental health therapist. I, Brian Mulhern, a longtime mental health patient. And this is a topic that we've been meaning to get to Mm. for several weeks now. But Courtney, the world keeps getting in the way and there are other things that need to be addressed. But finally, we are going to talk about, you say, the power of regret based on a book that you have Mm -hmm. read. And I would say to some degree, it can be and this might not make sense to many people, the upside of regret. Yes, absolutely. So Daniel H. Pink, I'm going to hold it up for you to see, Brian. Oh, are there pictures? Can you show me the pictures? pictures. I'm so sorry. Just the front. That's the only picture you get. Pictures of people regretting things? (laughs) Exactly. The power of regret, how looking backwards can help us to move forward. It's really interesting because in this day and age, you see a lot of people saying, don't have any regrets. Just keep doing what you need to do. And I understand where they're coming from. But this book talks all about the fact that we need to kind of embrace some of the things that we have done that maybe we're regretful about. It's not about holding on to it and having it give us depression and anxiety and all of these things, but it's important to feel our feelings around it and also to get the lessons from it because he's actually done a lot of work. Daniel has done a lot of work, research, and he also did a world regret survey and he surveyed a ton of people. All this information came in about the fact that regret can actually help you improve your decision-making. It can help you have more meaning in life. It also can boost your performance. So there's lots of good things that we can get from some of these feelings that can be kind of tough. But if we work through them and get to the other side, it can help us. We have said it here many times. If your life was perfect, Mm -hmm. you would never learn anything. It's the bad things that happen to you that A, make you stronger for as hackneyed as it seems, but you also do hopefully learn from your mistakes. Mm -hmm. Now, there can be a downside to regret, like you said, somebody like me with an obsessive compulsive personality Mm -hmm. to say, I wish I could change this. I wish I had done that. That's the unhealthy way to go. Mm -hmm. But to look at it and to learn from it, that is definitely the way to go. And that is the power of regret, as he says. Right. Like you touched upon to say, it can cause chronic stress if Mm -hmm. people are really ruminating about their regrets. It takes an emotional toll. It can make you feel helpless, stuck in things because you feel badly about maybe some decisions that you have made, how you treated someone, something like that. Also, sleep issues, headaches, lots of issues can come from holding on to these regrets. So it's really about processing through. Again, if you need professional help around that, therapists can help people. We help people to reframe things too. look at it from another perspective so you don't get stuck in it. And I've done a lot of work with people because they get stuck in all sorts of things. I've had clients who the first thing that comes to mind is regret around some of their relationships. Maybe they weren't there for someone or maybe the person was chronically ill and passing and maybe this person didn't get to see them in time or there was regrets around that. So there's all these things that we try to sit with people, give them that validation around their feelings, but also help them to 
spin it and look at things in different ways so they can let go of some of that attachment because that's the thing, that attachment that keeps us holding down. We also have to learn how to forgive ourselves as well and others. You had mentioned people saying, I don't have any regrets. Well, there is a way to say that if you have learned from your mistakes and then that way you're not hanging on to that regret. Mm -hmm. And when you say, I wouldn't change a thing, I would not be who I am if not for the mistakes that I've made and what I have learned from that. I will tell you in relation to regrets that I have that I hold on to a little bit, but I've tried to learn from them. Most of them have been financial. Mm -hmm. At one point, I trusted somebody in this industry that I should not have trusted. And all of the warning signs were there and I had been warned by other people, but still I threw caution to the wind. Mm -hmm. And to this day, it cost me over $25,000 a year. That is a tough pill to swallow, especially with retirement coming. But what I have tried to learn from that is, all right, I've got to have the thicker skin. I've Mm -hmm. got to be more street smart. I can never trust this person again. Mm -hmm. And I have to make sure that I act accordingly on that front. So with that knowledge, I can also pass that on to the boy, younger people in my life, people coming up in the industry, other people who have had to work for or with this person. I have also made mistakes in the past when this job, the radio job, I'm not talking about the podcast job, which pays nothing. (laughs) Radio used to be, we love it. We do it for the love. I don't do the radio for the love. I do it for the cash, the cash money. (laughs) It used to be a much more lucrative pursuit before all other forms of entertainment like our podcast came along (laughs) and started effing everything up and i got into full-time radio at just the right time just the wrong time (laughs) unfortunately i started making that money and i started to get used Mm. to it and i started to think he was rolling deep folks (laughs) this is going to last forever big mistake and because of that i wasn't putting as much money away Mm. as i should back then I bought a car that I never should have bought. And sometimes I regret the fact, and I will give you the number, people. This car, I was paying per month what I paid per month for the mortgage on my first house. I was paying $843.42 per month for six years. And I think now if I had just bought something a little bit more crappy and had put (laughs) that money away, because I also not only didn't foresee that this wouldn't pay as much in the future, Very shortly thereafter, I lost a job Mm. and then I lost a lot of savings and then I was still making that car payment and all of those things snowballed. It taught me a very valuable lesson. And while I can regret the fact that I'm going to have to retire later and that still does get to me, it doesn't consume me and it has affected my behavior going forward. So for Mm -hmm. me to say I have no regrets, no, I regret those few things. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? I acknowledge you, though, because you've done the work. Mm -hmm. You're not sitting and just perseverating and ruminating about all of it and just being like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. You really figured out a way to learn the lesson and pass it forward to other people. And, well, I'm not beating myself up over it because I can't change the past, as we've said Mm -hmm. many times. I can only work in the present. I can't predict the future. That's how you Mm -hmm. get around anxiety. That's another lesson for another time that's been covered in past Mm -hmm. podcasts. But I'm sure a lot of that is in Dan's book. Exactly. Exactly. 
you talking about this reminds me of with depression, we get stuck in the past and Mm -hmm. we're thinking all about that. With anxiety, we're like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen in the future? So we get stuck in that. So it's really important to stay mindful and stay in the present. And what you're doing is just like what we should do is when we have those regrets, okay, what can I presently do about it? Is there anything I can do? If this was a regret around relationships or how you treated someone, there's always the opportunity to be able to try to right that wrong. So thinking about what you can do. And like you said, maybe you can't fix what happened, but you can change your behavior so it doesn't continue to happen. You can also teach other people as well. And that's what we do. I've talked about this before, driving that car. You want to stay present. You do want to glance ahead and you want to see what's coming. You also want to glance behind you and see what's going on back there. But you don't want to stay way ahead or way behind or else you're going to crash in the present. So you're staying very present about what you need to do to create a better future and make some better decisions. To speak to regret when it comes to personal relationships, I can cover that one as well. When my mom passed away, our relationship was not in a very good place. And I had been in a place with her where she was neglecting and refusing care. And while her own father was doing that when she was my age, she had always told me, if I get like this, you need to tell me. Well, guess what? I started telling her Mm -hmm. and it caused all kinds of issues between us to the extent that for a couple of years, we didn't even speak, Courtney. Mm -hmm. And then when everything started to fall apart, we tried to pull all of the pieces back together. And there was enough discussion and conversation and enough effort on my part that I don't have a lot of regret about how I behaved because I tried everything. But can I tell you that I have zero regrets that we lost those two years? No, I get pangs of that sometimes. And sometimes it still bothers me. And what I've tried to do moving forward to honor my mom is my dad misses her so much he cries every day. And I try to be there for him as much as I possibly can. And I don't think my wife is going to mind my saying this. Some of it speaks to my OCD and it bothers her that every night at seven o'clock I have to talk to him and I have to drop everything and I have to stop everything. And she's like, well, why can't you do it at 730? Why can't you do it at this time? And I said, well, this is going on then and then I'm getting to bed too late and it's affecting my life. And at one point I just had to say to her, look, you still have both of your parents and you did not have the rocky relationship with them that I had with Mm -hmm. my mom. So you have to understand that moving forward, the thing that I have learned from that regret is that I need to be there for my dad more, especially now, especially since he is so alone and especially since he is missing her so much. And sometimes it's going to be at the cost of other things. Now, I could have gone that way with all of this, Mm -hmm. or I could have just curled up in the fetal position and beat myself up over the fact that my mom and I lost those two years. But I was the one who was outside of the room with her when she died. She wanted me there for that, and it brought some closure. And the other thing that I can speak to with that is, I have taken that entire scenario and situation and time in my life, and I have poured it into creative energy and a play that I've written about the experience about my mom, about my dad, about the problems we all had, and about how I've tried to bring closure for myself. The play will be coming out in February of 2023. I hope people locally will be able to see it. It's been delayed several times Mm -hmm. because of COVID. But I'm saying that not to plug and promote that, but to say these are the ways that I tried to turn it into positives and I tried to use my energy to force it in that direction. And in some ways in the play, I'm having conversations with my mom who is not here. And these are the ways that I would want those conversations to go. And I hope on some level, what 
whatever the spiritual plane is that she can see them and that she can appreciate them and then she can see what I'm doing with my dad and somehow that's making everything even more okay mm-hmm. between us even though it wasn't necessarily all of the time at the end. And I believe that. I believe that she is witnessing all of this and I think she had a hand in some of this too, mm-hmm. I think. There's a lot of ways that you two are very much alike. Like oh, you yeah. Said, sense of humor. Big time. And things Stubborn. That <laughs> so I think that she had a hand in that. But isn't that beautiful? I mean, that was so painful and it continues to be, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But acknowledging that pain, but also, like you said, being able to turn that around and turn that into a thing of beauty. Like you and your father have gotten so close and to be able to have that commitment every day. And I know he looks forward to it. And so do you to be able to just touch base and see how you're doing, but also to go above and beyond and make this amazing play and have that creative outlet to express all of that. But not only that, though, Brian, not just for you, but it's a gift to other people as well. And here's sometimes where you might get surprised. Courtney happens to know this because we are so close, both professionally and personally. As I was writing the play, I couldn't tell my dad because Mm. I didn't know how he would feel about it. And I just wrote and wrote and wrote. And I already had a theater interested in it. And I said, you know what? I could be doing this for nothing Mm -hmm. because if I don't get my dad's blessing, I'm not going to put him through that. And there was a lot of stress and anxiety on my end to finally have to present that to him. And I eventually did. I was very nervous. I was in tears as I was Mm -hmm. explaining it to him. And I said, Dad, there's going to be some difficult things in there, including some interactions that you and I had towards the end when things got very uncomfortable. And he said, Brian, ultimately, there is nothing worse than losing your mom. All families have problems. Mm -hmm. And he is so excited to see it. He doesn't even want to read it. He wants to see it live, which still has me nervous (laughs) because I'm like, what if he hates it? (laughs) But it did turn into another beautiful thing. And he loves the fact that I took this much time to pay tribute to my mom. I'm getting pressured to play my role in the play. I'm not an actor. I don't have a lot of time. But now dad has said, well, that's the ultimate tribute to mom. So I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) That would be amazing. So I've started taking some master classes with Helen Mirren and Samuel L. Jackson on acting, and we'll see what happens. But again, this just shows you how this is a continual Mm -hmm. work in progress and how I've been able to take a negative, to take some regrets Mm -hmm. and turn them into positives. And that, as I said, not only the power of regret, but the upside of it. Of course. And it's interesting. In the book, he goes through four types of regrets. We have foundation regrets. We have boldness regrets, moral regrets, connection regrets and the foundation regrets when we don't take action on things and we regret those small things that we could be doing daily and you know what we don't notice it as much that could be like ah, I'm not exercising I'm not eating right whatever but then over time mm-hmm. we see all of a sudden the consequence of that that it builds up to this place my so- 38 inch waist <laughs> They can be very difficult, foundation regrets. And what happens is we're overvaluing the now. And it's great to be present. My clients will say, well, you always tell me about staying present, stay in the now. Yes, stay in the now, but you also need to put value in the future. Just because you're in the now doesn't mean you only think of the now and only do for what you feel in the now. You can also plan for your future. So it's putting in daily practices, small things that you can honor yourself by, your health, that kind of thing, and your self-care. But it's interesting listening to you. You've had to make that shift and start to have some new habits around things like, okay, I'm going to get more into my creative side. I'm going to shift 
and look at things a little bit differently. So in that way, wherever we are right now is that accumulation of all those choices that we've made to get here. If you don't like where you are right now or you want to change that, then it's like, what do I need to do now so that when I get to the future, my future self is happy? I tell people, make your future self happy. And to speak to that, we are of a certain age and in a certain chapter of our lives that I keep running into this discussion with other people who are in similar situations, Mm -hmm. which is it is very easy to become all about work Mm -hmm. at this stage in your life and you're too busy for anything else. I'm too busy to travel. Mm -hmm. I'm too busy to spend time for my family. But then you have to realize as you look to the future, as they say, no one on their deathbed Mm -hmm. says, boy, I wish I had worked more. Yeah, I wish I never took those days off. It's totally true. We think about that too. It's like, what do people always say? They wish they had better relationships. They wish they spent more time doing fun things. They wish that they had more quality time with their family. All of these things. We need to learn from that and say, okay, now is the time to incorporate that. And another reality in that situation and something that I've had to learn from my parents that I'm sure that they regret. They had always said, when we get to retirement age, we're going to sell everything and we're going to get an RV and we're going to travel the Mm -hmm. country. Well, what ultimately ended up happening was physically my mom was unable to do that. And that's why a lot of people say, hey, do this stuff when you're young because you never know. And I know a lot of my parents' friends, one of their spouses unexpectedly passed Mm -hmm. and then they just end up sitting there alone having that regret. And that's regret in the future as you can look to the future that you don't want to have. And it's a conversation that I've had to have with my wife and just did the other night. We don't do anything. We don't go anywhere. And I understand how busy our jobs are. She has started a new job Mm -hmm. and she is completely and totally in charge. But I just keep reminding her of all of those things. Even her dad, who's retired now, just dreamed of being out on the golf course. He has all kinds of back and shoulder issues that have made that impossible. So make sure you do take that time when you're able so you won't regret it in the future. It's almost preventative regret. Right, exactly. And thinking about that, and I know one of my regrets always was when I went to New York and when I was in L.A., I always had this mindset like, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm not going to be somebody who says, oh, this person helped me or this person helped me. I'm going to do this on my own. And I don't know where I got that from, but I was always like, I'm not going to use connections. Why? I don't know. But I was so focused on that. And the truth is that we don't get anywhere on our own. We need to have people around us who help us. The number one piece of advice that I give to people who come Mm -hmm. to me who want to get into TV, movies, radio is network, network, network. That was the only way that Mm -hmm. I got it done. I needed very early on for a Jay Leno to say, you're funny, I want you to write monologue jokes for me, a Phil Hartman to come along and say, I think you're funny. And then allow for those two guys to kick open all kinds of doors for me. And if not for that, even more so than my association (laughs) with them, that's how I've kept it going now that Phil isn't here and that I don't have any association with Jay anymore. Call me. Well, it's kind of funny. I wish I talked to you a lot sooner. (laughs) And I probably would have given people the advice to be like, oh, no, you need to get out there. You need to talk to people and network. And I've networked for a lot of different things. But for acting, for some reason, I kept thinking, no, just go to the auditions, do your thing. It's pride. You're going to do it. And yeah. And also, I think there's a thing. It always kind of goes back to I have that thing about what my value is. And sometimes I think if I'm going to put myself out there to people who don't know me, what if they think, ah, she's not that great. And I feel badly that I didn't perform the way I should have. So that was my 
my big regret. I remember specifically people saying, oh, I should connect you with so-and-so. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. And I never followed up. And so now I want to kick myself. And now that is the one thing where I've tried to turn it around. Because I always say, what if I followed up on those? Maybe I'd still be in New York doing something. Not that I don't love being here with you, Brian. <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> but the thing is, for this job, I started opening my mouth years ago when I started working part-time at Cat Country. And I said, hey, if you ever have something full-time, instead of just assuming that people would know and then say, oh, you need to be plucked out and put here, I started to talk it up and I started to be more active with things. And then I started asking for help and talking to people and networking. So I think that helped to push me because of that regret that I have. And ultimately, it got to a place where an opening came on this morning show mm-hmm. and I walked into the program director's office and said, I want Courtney. Mm. And that's part of the fact that you and I had become friends and we had networked. Now, if I could play armchair therapist for you back mm-hmm. in the day when you said, I don't want anybody's yeah. help. Part of it, I think, too, is there is this thing within security mm-hmm. where if you're not believing in yourself and you have some of that in you, and I think we all do, mm-hmm. you just feel so determined to self-motivate right. that you feel like if I get any help, I'm cheating. Yes. And then I'm also playing into that negative thing that I think about myself. So I'm going to make sure that I don't do that right. and maybe to your detriment. And that's probably what I did because I really do think sometimes I would probably think I was cheating and I probably wouldn't have admitted that then. But now I would say that's probably one of the things. Oh, good job, Brian. <laughs> Now when you see how cutthroat this industry is, you're like, how can I cheat next? (laughs) Who can I screw? Whose back can I stand? Whose neck can I step on? Who's got the cliff notes to how to get this done? I need the short version. Oh, they're all right here. I'm tapping my temple. Right up here, right up here. But it's interesting, though, and we've talked about this before in other podcasts about sabotaging ourselves. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there's behaviors that we just keep doing over and over again. And sometimes we feel like we almost can't help it. But once we have that insight, we need to say, Okay, hold up. What is the motivating factor here? How can I make some adjustments and change? Because it's not just about what we're doing to other people. It's what are we doing to ourselves? And if we're not, one of the four types of regrets, one of them is boldness. Failure to accomplish the things that you've been dreaming about, the things that you know are within you. And that's a big one, too. And I think that that's part of my regret is like, what if I had bet on myself and really tried to sell myself? a little more hardcore to other people, maybe I could have made it further in the entertainment world. And I think that whole what if thing and if I had only Mm -hmm. are the things that really trigger regret more than anything else. But I will say to you, had you not gone to New York and had you listened to that initial voice that told you you're not good enough, Mm -hmm. you're wasting your time, you should just settle for something else. That's where the real what if would lie. And that's where you need to give yourself credit. Now, look, we all make mistakes. We're all young. We all have to learn certain things along the way. And that was a lesson that you learned there Mm -hmm. that applied to what you do now, which I think you will agree with me when I say you were meant to be doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Mental health therapy, being on the radio. It's not like you're in a bad place or in a place where you don't want to be. So therefore... I just need to make more money. (laughs) (laughs) I can't help you there, clearly. Can you please? (laughs) I'm going to keep you away from that person that we were discussing earlier, if that's your ultimate goal. But I think that you have to look at it in that way and say, yeah, look, maybe I didn't handle it exactly the way that I should have, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that it would have worked out exactly the way that I thought it was going to. But I can say, using the lessons that I learned there and applying them here, this Mm -hmm. did work out. Exactly, exactly.
and I don't regret at all going and bouncing around and doing all the things that I did. It's just some of the choices I made when I was there. But I do look at things as the journey. You know, mm-hmm. ultimately, when we're done, we're done. So everything is the journey and just enjoying that and taking the lessons from that. But there's deep pain in life, too. And that's where we get into it with regret. But again, it's that learning, that forgiveness, that moving on and trying to embrace that new lesson. You just kicked the cobwebs off of a memory and something that I learned that was very valuable from Phil Hartman, Mm -hmm. which was years ago when my brother and I were working with him and he was on Saturday Night Live and we were discussing our frustrations and our struggles. Even though we were already working with him, we were still trying to work through a lot of different things to get to all of the places that we wanted to be before we were even due to arrive because we were very young. (laughs) And I just remember one time him nodding and smiling and he said, you know, I know you both look at me and you want to be me. You see where I am and you're saying that is the gold standard. Mm -hmm. That's where I want to end up. He said, but what you don't realize is that I'm looking at you and I envy you. I miss all of those things that Mm -hmm. it took for me to get here. I miss that journey. And I'm so excited for you because I know how talented you are. And I know all of these great things that you are ultimately and eventually going to experience. Mm. And that's what I miss. Yeah. So he said, don't try to expedite the process. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the journey. And so many of us have so much trouble doing that. And some of what he also told us too, which ended up being true every single place that I went, just because you think the ultimate goal is everything that you want, most times It ain't. Mm -hmm. When you get here, you realize it's just as fraught with problems as other things are, maybe different problems that pay a little bit better and are a little bit more satisfying. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that you're going to hit euphoria and all of your issues are going to be solved. Exactly. And that's the other thing of being grateful for where you are, for what you're learning. I tell people you're only new once. When you say, oh, I just want to get done with this and get to the next thing. You're only new once. And there's some really cool things about being new and learning things and making mistakes mistakes, but it's exciting. Embracing that. Embrace every place that you are. And also remember taking that action because the other thing about regret, they've shown that it's not necessarily the things that we do, the actions that we take that we regret. It's the inaction. It's the time that we didn't Mm -hmm. take action. That's what we most regret because when we take the action, even if it doesn't work out the way we wanted it to, at least we know how it played out. When we don't take the action, that's the thing that can bother us more because we're always wondering. Which speaks to what I say. You went to New York, you went to Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. and that's what you have to tell yourself. That's the what if that you won't have on your plate. Mm -hmm. And you learn lessons while you were there and you didn't do everything perfectly. And guess what? You're not doing everything perfectly now. Take it from me. (laughs) You are not doing everything perfectly. I think he's going to hand me a, oh, a lot of notes you have over there, Brian. Interesting. I've got some life lessons for you that I picked up along my journey. But you know, it's interesting too, because I can't remember what we were talking about on the radio show. Maybe it was something that was overhyped. And when Mm -hmm. you got there, it wasn't what you thought it was going to be. And somebody called us in and said, being an adult, when you're a kid, all you want is to be able to drive yourself everywhere, Mm -hmm. to be able to eat what you want, when you want, to go to bed when you want. But what you don't realize is, oh, financial responsibilities, stresses, pressures, all of these other things. Saving for retirement. Yes. Am I going to retire? Am I going to die alone, et cetera, et cetera? Relationship problems. Yes. It just goes on and on and on. And that is true. Appreciate where you are. Because as many times that we look at, I'd rather be a kid right now. 
there's that line in the office finale that Andy Bernard says. He said, the entire time that I was here, I kept thinking back to my days at Cornell and all of the friends that I had then and all of those good old days. He said, and now I'm at a point where I'm missing all of these friends. Yeah. And he said, I wish that when the good old days were happening, you knew that they were. They were and the yeah. thing is, every level of your life and stage, and not everything is perfect and you have some ups and downs, but those kind of are the good old days mm-hmm. that you look back on with rose-colored glasses. And when you're in the moment, you can't envision that version of you 20 years from now saying, right. I wish I was back in this place mm-hmm. where I'm fat. I'm not making enough money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to retire, Brian, et cetera, et cetera. In 30 years from now, these are the good exactly, old days. Exactly. That's so what I'm saying. It. Yes. <laughs> Here I am wasting all of this time. Now yeah. I look back at me in my 30s. I'm like, look at that. Kid. Look at that <laughs> handsome look young at- man. That guy <laughs> getting all the ladies. Oh yeah, oh, we know about those stories. And then getting kicked to the curb. <laughs> <laughs> Quite the Casanova, this guy. Well, Sorry, Carla. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. Work on those moves. And she'd be the first one to tell. <laughs> <laughs> but it is so true. It is all about reframing, and you just did that, looking from another perspective. Hey, wait a minute. Where's the good stuff that's happening right now? Why am I only focusing on the problems or the things that aren't going well in my perspective? Maybe there's another way to look at this. How will I look at this when I'm older? I have all different ages of friends, but I have some friends who are older than me. And when I say, oh, I'm 51, they're like, shut up. You're just a kid. Because you're saying the same thing to the 35-year-old. Exactly. So it's so funny because I go, it's all perspective. And I'll say to my 64-year-old friend, hey, an 80-year-old would call you young. It's like, it's all perspective. Like my grandmother, when she was 102, and my mother-in-law would go see her, and who's in her 80s, she's like, ah, you're just a kid. So it's all perspective. And I'll say that to you. I wish I was 51. (laughs) We can say it on the podcast. I turned 52 today. It's my birthday, June 3rd, Friday. So (laughs) enjoy those six months, Courtney. You're never going to get them back. Hold on to a Brian like (laughs) you wouldn't believe. I'm still a youngster. (laughs) Well, I don't have any regrets over us having covered this for episode number 104 Mm -hmm. of Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. Yeah, I do regret a little bit that it doesn't get us paid. But hey, (laughs) like you said, we do it for the love. We do it for the love. And if you want proof of that, all you have to do is contact Courtney. She'll tell you all about it. Absolutely. You can contact me, wellness at wctk.com. Just want to throw out there, when you're going through this and you're dealing with regrets, have compassion for yourself. Consider some forgiveness and say, you know what? I didn't know. Maybe I didn't know what I didn't know at the time and I made some decisions. If you can change things up or if you can do something to make it better, do that. But use some mindfulness, reframe, look at it differently. These are all learning experiences. And get the book. It's really good. The Power of Regret, Daniel Pink. Do you have that up on catcountry.com, the Wellness 411, as one of those resources? I don't, but I should put that up there. How about you get to work and do that? See, this is one of the things that I I was talking about that you're not doing everything right, okay? I hate to be the stern taskmaster, but somebody has to. put that up there, but if it doesn't get up there, just so you know, it's Daniel Pink, The Power of Regret, just in case it doesn't get up there, but it's a great book. Give it a little whirl. Even though we've mentioned it seven times, because we put something up the other day and we had all the information right there, somebody was like, what's the date? Like we could see it in seven different it's spots. literally right there. That's why you have to put it up. You can also catch us on socials, all of those platforms, at Cat Country Mornings, individual pages, Courtney with a C, Kelly E-Y, Bedard sometimes, Brian with an I, 
Mulhern, H-E-R-N. And then, of course, there is this podcast. We just want you to tell as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. We had another nearly record-breaking month this most Ooh, recent month. Very exciting. Let's top that again mm-hmm. this month. Keep it up. Let your friends know. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can use your smart devices, and you can Google it as well. And Courtney will put it up as a resource on wellness411 <laughs> at catcountry.com, if it isn't already there. Well, Courtney, I have no regrets when yes. it comes to working with you day in and day out. I don't know if you can say the same. Don't answer. Of course. <laughs> Let's make that rhetorical. Just let an old man at the age of 52, 52. pretend that everything is fine. Oh. <laughs> and until episode 105, thanks so much for coping on the couch with Courtney and Brian. Thank you. I want to talk about